These are real construction stories as told by the men and women who work in the industry. Today's episode, When You Least Expect It, as told by Pam. It was it was a rural road uh, with two lanes. We started our day early. We were about an hour away from ending our day. It was hot. Being out there on the road that day was scary because it was the rural road that we were on was windy at some points, and you had side streets that came off of it. It, it was an asphalt job that we were working on. Um, we had already done the southbound lane and we were working on the northbound lane the end of the job was at a bridge so that's how i knew we were close to the end of the job it's because i could see ahead of me and i could see the bridge coming up and that's where we were going to end for the day i was directing traffic at the time traffic was kind of mild that day i've been in law enforcement for 15 years so i always was real aware of my surroundings didn't matter season or weather I was listening to my radio, watching for traffic. So I was the first person that anybody encountered when they came to the construction site. Uh, So it was me, and then we had the uh, asphalt truck behind me, and then another flagger behind him. All I heard was my coworker yell out, I had been struck, my radio's broke. You could barely hear him, because he did pick up his radio and he was talking on it, of course, or we wouldn't have known. And you could hear him yelling, I need a new radio, I need a new radio, I had been struck. Um, so my supervisor went down to check him and provide him with a new radio. And probably about 10 minutes later, we had started traffic back up because now he had a new radio. He yelled out his last car, plate and color. So I'm watching for it. But yet I looked southbound to see if there was any traffic and there was nothing coming at the time. I saw his car that he had called out. So I turned back to the south and there was the vehicle. It was a full-size pickup truck. I yelled at him to stop. You could see him clearly in his windshield. He's like, where do you want me to go? I said, stop. And he went to veer to the left. After he veered to the left, I ran to my right, which would have been westbound. He came back westbound and struck me with the passenger side of his vehicle. I would say that he was going approximately 40 to 45 mile an hour. Never braked. He threw me approximately 40 feet. My radio went flying out of my hand. My sign was still in my hand when I hit the ground, which caused some damage to my right hand. And I landed on a metal grate that was in the yard. I do not remember flying in the air. I remember getting hit and I remember being on the grate. I remember reaching for my radio. In law enforcement, you're used to uh, always having that contact. Of course, that was all hooked to my duty belt. I didn't have to worry about it, but my radio had fallen out of my hand and I was reaching for it, trying to call for help. And I just, I couldn't get to it. I couldn't move. And I remember yelling out, I've been struck, I can't breathe. Um, I I need ambulance, I need help. I think the fight in me was my granddaughter because I have custody of her. She was four at the time. She's now six. All I could think about was what's going to happen to her. So that's that. That's what got me through. The only thing that could go through was going through my head was, I need. I need to get through this. I need to get through this. I need to be able to take care of her. There was a lady that was behind the the subject who struck me, and she got out of her car. Um, 
she came up, she held my hand the whole time. She promised not to leave me until the squad got there. Um, she talked to me. She was amazing. I still haven't had a chance to talk to her. Uh, they tried getting a hold of her through court and the court process, and she had moved out of state. So I don't know if I ever will get to talk to her and thank her for what she did for me that day. But yeah, she was definitely my angel. It, it was scary. It's something that I would never wish upon anybody that I would never want to go through again myself. I thought for sure I wasn't going home that day. The ambulance did show up. I remember the paramedic laying across my back and cutting into my side and uh, sticking a rubber glove inside my chest to relieve the, the pressure from my lung collapsing. And I don't remember the ride to the hospital. He fractured my pelvis in three spots, lacerated or punctured my lung, lacerated my liver, broke nine ribs, uh, fractured my right shoulder, I have a torn uh, librum in my left shoulder. The list goes on my hip. I had separation of soft tissue and muscle in my left leg, which has caused me extreme pain. They just found four ruptured discs and a pinched nerve root that was caused from the accident. And they're still trying to diagnose my cervical, my neck and my shoulders. Come July, it'll be two years. And they still have not located all my injuries. I couldn't walk for four months. Then after that, I'm still going through therapy a year and a half later. And it, it's been a real roller coaster. Definitely not an experience I'd ever want to go through again or wish upon anybody. It's just, it's constant fight and struggle every day um, between trying to get better and fighting for myself to get better. <laughs> because you can't get the treatment you need unless you fight for it. The driver was not under the influence. He had just cracked the beer that he had. He had four prior OVIs, and the subject ended up receiving six months house arrest, which I'm still speechless today when I say that because it just totally amazes me that that's all he got when legally 18 months in prison is what he should have gotten. Being part of the labors has been absolutely amazing. It's just been phenomenal. So yeah, it's not so much as just a coworker. It's like they're your family, you know? And I've become really close with our union rep, Nicole. And if you're asking me if I would flag again, yes, I would do that too, because there's certain things that I would make sure. I'd probably end up getting fired because I would be too demanding. We're out there fixing the roads in order to make them safe for them, taking care of potholes, so they need to slow down and, and realize we're out there doing a job and not out there just to annoy them. Be more aware of your surroundings because it might seem simple to you, but it can change the other person's life forever. All the therapy in the world, I will never be back in that physical shape again. And I get so frustrated because... No matter how hard I try or how much therapy I do, I just can't reach that point where I was. Slow down. Think about your surroundings and other people. If it wasn't for the, the second car and the woman that came and called 911 and stayed with me throughout the whole time, she could have gotten up and left as soon as the ambulance came, but she didn't. There are good people out there. And uh, if she ever does get a chance to hear this, I couldn't thank her enough. 
my family couldn't thank her enough because if she wasn't there that day, I probably wouldn't be here today. You've been listening to Real Construction Stories, a production of Down With The Dig. Make sure you check out our other podcasts, including Layuna News Network and the Down With The Dig podcast, available wherever you listen to a podcast. Get more information at downwiththedig.com.